0: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Escape in Japan podcast. This is a very special episode as we'll be taking an in-depth look at something a little bit different. The story of the Yakuza. It's worth mentioning that this will involve some graphic content with adult themes and is therefore not appropriate if you're under 18. As always, we will have our usual features of Word of the Week, Facts of Japan, and our shout outs. Let's begin. For hundreds, even thousands of years, there have been many famous organized criminal gangs who tend to be associated with one particular country. For example, in Italy, there's the traditional mafia, in China, you've got the triads, in Russia, the Russian mafia, and of course, the mongrel mob of New Zealand. But none of these compare to the unimaginable size, success, and depth of history belonging to the Yakuza of Japan. There is some relative uncertainty about the exact beginnings of Yakuza, but it's generally agreed that it went something like this. In the 17th century, market stall owners during religious Shinto festivals across Japan required security and protection of their commercial activities to keep themselves safe from theft. Whether that be from genuine thieves or those hired by their rivals to disrupt the day's trading, it didn't matter. So, naturally, those who were good at fighting got themselves hired as security. Of course, it wasn't, however, always as straightforward as this. Sometimes, these market stall owners were actually forced into paying for the security, a process known as extortion. If they then refused to pay for the security, let's just say security soon became pretty important. Those engaging in this extortion quickly formed together and rapidly expanded. Then, because of the economic hardship felt across Japan at this point in history, many of those who felt excluded from society in one way or another ended up resorting to unsavory ways of surviving, with many people turning to a life of crime and joining the Yakuza. The exact dates of when the Yakuza began is largely unknown, but it's believed to be during the Edo period in Japan, somewhere between the years 16 and 1700. Although today the membership numbers stand at roughly 26,000, at their peak in the 1960s, the Yakuza stood at a whopping 200,000 official members. In terms of aesthetics, Yakuza have always been traditionally very smartly dressed in stylish, expensive suits with slick back hair and highly recognisable tattoos, which we'll hear more about shortly. Whilst codes of ethics and laws within gangs are nothing new, Yakuza are considered a cut above the rest of the global gangs when it comes to the strict enforcement of policies of honour and service. From the rigid hierarchy within the organization ensuring everyone knows their rank and status, to the fact that Yakuza are believed to have mobilized superbly to help citizens after the various tragic national disasters throughout Japan, it's clear that this is not your everyday bunch of criminals. Crucial to the existence of the Yakuza is structure. Yakuza, in many ways, is based upon the idea of family. Historically, those who have joined the Yakuza have been those who have fallen on hard times, particularly those who have been orphaned. That's why when you initially join, you are referred to as Kobun, K-O-B-U-N, Kobun, literally meaning foster child, and you are assigned an Oyabun, O-Y-A-B-U-N, literally meaning foster parent. It's a long-standing notion that yakuza take in those who are deemed apparently unworthy by society. Indeed, yakuza are more commonly known in Japan as gokudo, that's gokudo, G-O-K-U-D-O, which directly translates as the extreme path. The relationship between the foster child and foster parent is formalized by the ceremonial sharing of sake, Japan's most widely consumed alcoholic drink, from the same single cup. It's worth mentioning that this ritual is prevalent throughout Japanese history and not just specific to Yakuza. Groups within the Yakuza will each have a kumicho, that's K-U-M-I-C-H-O, kumicho, meaning head of the family who then gives the appropriate orders to the rest of the group. Once you join the Yakuza, you must sever all ties with your real-life family, if you're lucky enough to have one, and devote your loyalties to the komicho. Within each group, members refer to each other as family, be that fathers or elder and younger brothers. It's also worth mentioning that the Yakuza are almost exclusively male, with a few of the more senior bosses having wives, who are referred to by the rest of the group as Anesan. A-N-E-S-A-N, Anesan, which means older sister. From each new entrant, there is a local boss above them. Above the local boss, there will be a Fuku Hombucho, which is too long to spell, who deals with each region of Japan. Above the Fuku Hombucho, there is the Wakagashira, or Governor and above the governor, is the overall boss of the Yakuza. For my own safety, I won't be disclosing his name on this podcast. Because that's slightly complex to remember, let's have a quick recap. So first you have a foster child. Above them, a foster parent. Above the foster parent is the head of family, or Kumicho. Above the head of family is the regional boss, Fukuhombucho. Above the regional boss is the governor, Wakagashira. And above the governor is the overall boss of the yakuza. Now we're a little bit more familiar with the structure, it's time to take a look at yakuza's two most well known traditions. A tradition which some of you may already be aware of is called otoshimai o-t-o-s-h-i-m-a-e otoshimai this is the process of cutting off a piece of your finger as a way of apologizing to your fellow gang members if it's your first offense then what you must do is slice off the top portion of your little finger on your left hand and give this to your foster parent it's been known for some bosses to do this to themselves to spare their foster son from harsh punishment by bosses higher up the chain. Now, for each time you owe an apology, you must slice off more of your finger. After three apologies and with your little finger completely gone, you move to your next finger. You then keep progressing throughout your hand, stopping when you reach the index finger. This stems from the traditional method of holding a katana, which is a Japanese sword that you'll almost certainly recognize. Given the fact that you use your bottom three fingers to hold the sword, the idea is that removing certain fingers will make you less capable of holding the sword, therefore meaning that you have greater reliance upon your gang for protection, thus hopefully increasing your loyalty. So, if you're in Japan and you notice someone with certain parts of their fingers missing, tread carefully now as you may know tattoos have grown dramatically in popularity around the world over the last 10 to 15 years in japan however tattoos are still massively controversial this is almost entirely down to the fact that they are a fundamental component of yakuza culture One common problem that visitors to Japan often face is that they're not allowed to use local onsen hot baths if they have tattoos. I have quite a few tattoos myself and have struggled massively to find an onsen which I'm able to use. That being said, Japan is now becoming slightly more accepting and open to foreigners having tattoos, particularly as the style used by yakuza are so distinct and recognizable many yakuza are tattooed on their entire body below their face. Yes, their entire body. The process used to create these tattoos is known as the hand poke method. This is still often used for tattoos within many, many cultures and countries outside of Japan, but given the extent to which a yakuza's body is covered in tattoos, this process can be extremely expensive, time-consuming, and painful. Now for the serious part. The existence of Yakuza in Japan today is something of a contradiction. Do not be mistaken, Yakuza are extremely violent and highly dangerous. They operate in the fields of drug trafficking, extortion, human trafficking, loan sharking, debt collecting, gun smuggling, and many, many more. But as I've mentioned, Yakuza set themselves apart from other major organized crime groups in a variety of ways. Their methods of money-making are often extremely sophisticated. One example, is that Yakuza will buy a small amount of shares within a very large corporation, meaning that they are legally allowed to be present at a shareholders meeting. Now, we're not just talking a small office. This is large, multinational, billion-dollar companies. Being at these meetings allows them to, in essence, intimidate and harass the stockholders giving the Yakuza greater control. This is evidence, as good as any, that the Yakuza are far more powerful and influential than people may think. Yakuza occupy a peculiar semi-legal status. They have registered offices, they have legitimate businesses and bank accounts, and many members openly admit to being a Yakuza Indeed, some of them go to the lengths of actually informing the police upon themselves when they become an official member. This plays directly into the principle of Yakuza being somewhat open and, to an extent, transparent in their dealings. For example, theft and stealing are generally considered to not be official activities of the Yakuza, as these would be known as dishonorable practices. It must be said, however, that quite often the day-to-day management of businesses is not conducted by the Yakuza themselves. Businesses such as pachinko gambling houses, merchandise outlets, or massage parlours will be run by ordinary civilians who pay a chunk of their profits to the local gang boss to ensure their protection just like they did in the 16 and 1700s. Despite all of the above, society's view of yakuza isn't always necessarily negative some people in japan view yakuza positively knowing that their mere presence has prevented other smaller less predictable crimes from occurring with the idea being that while yakuza have the potential to cause untold violence and misery at least you know where you stand and what you should and should not do Finally, the role of Yakuza in national Japanese disasters cannot be understated. Following the events of the tragic tsunami in March 2011, which resulted in the tragic and heartbreaking death of over 20,000 people, the Yakuza stepped up and got involved with helping to make the situation a little less difficult for everybody. They sent hundreds of large trucks packed with food, water, blankets, and various hygiene products to the areas most badly affected. Crucially, this was not accompanied by a large announcement by the Yakuza seeking some sort of reward or attention for helping. Instead, it was done silently and honestly, providing rapid care to those who were so badly in need of it. When asked, Some yakuza said that they know exactly what it is like to be desperate and to fend for yourself without help from anybody else because they themselves have been considered to be outcasts from society for their entire lives. Within the strict code of yakuza honor, the concept of justice and fulfilling your duty takes importance over everything else and you are forbidden from allowing the innocent to suffer. Word of the week this week is Shinrin yoku. Shinrin yoku. It means bathing in forest. Now, of course, this doesn't mean taking a bath next to your local tree. What it actually refers to is the moment you step into a forest and the branches from the trees block out the sun to the point where you are in the forest, totally immersed. Shinrin yoku. For our quickfire facts of japan we have the following first japan is so utterly obsessed with being clean and tidy in primary or elementary school cleaning is actually a subject in itself as amazing as japan is could you imagine double cleaning on a wednesday morning no thank you next as we've discussed before there are many many islands in japan but how many well there's 6,852, 6,852, incredible. And finally, in Japan, because it's easier for storage, melons are often grown square, genuinely square. Well done to everyone who got last week's quiz question answer correct. The third biggest city in Japan is of course, Osaka. Congratulations to Agadeep, who is always quick off the mark with these questions. Also with the correct answer was the lovely Dwayne, who has just finished her exams. And of course, the fantastic Simeon from Portugal. Two more quick shout outs. Firstly, to my friend Adi Harajuku, a fantastic creator who I've been following for a long time. If you like Harajuku fashion, please give her a follow. She's fantastic. That's A-D-D-Y Harajuku. She is great. And finally, Oliver Dot Carpenter, who says he enjoys listening each week with a lemon slice from his newly refurbished flat in Norway. For your chance to get a shout out next week, here is today's quiz question. To check if you've been listening, how many members are there in the Yakuza today? That's how many members are there in the Yakuza today? Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Tune in next time for an episode all about anime. See you then. Arigato gozaimasu.